I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pirates' arrival in Bradenton, I'll bet, is the list of annoying answer-free questions that might exist about how this team will be put together. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. Having some fun in attempting to distract myself from some of the news of the day yesterday, I grabbed a pen. Don't ask. I'm weird like this. I grabbed a pen and started writing down Derek Shelton's opening day lineup. I'm not making this up. I can show it to you. And I kind of got stuck, like, right at the very top. And then I started thinking about Not which hitter would be up there, but who will play center field? Because the answers might be one and the same. Who is the Pirates center fielder? Do we have any idea? Not just now, but even like going into the future. You can look at, you know, left field and and know that it's Brian Reynolds. The Pirates have stated publicly that Gregory Polanco is going to be the right fielder. And we'll see how his fractured wrist recovers, whether or not it's in time for the start of the season. They say that it will be. But when it comes to center field, you're really just putting up a blank stare. I mean, you can say Jared Oliva. The problem with that is that is that he's... <sighs> I'm trying to be nice here because he's still a prospect, but he's not that exciting, you know? And if he did have a bat that was exciting, and and he doesn't, uh, he doesn't have the kind of defense where you'd think, well, that doesn't matter because he's so good defensively, we'll just put him in center and deal with it. He's not that either. He just looks like a, a four, you know, for your outfield. And I don't know that he's that either. I, I don't know that he he's going to make it in the major leagues. So I went through him. I thought, all right, well, you can move Reynolds to center field, which, of course, the Pirates themselves haven't ruled out. And then I remembered that Anthony Alford's on the team. Did you remember Anthony Alford? This guy showed up in Pittsburgh and played, was it five games, something like that? 28 at-bats here. Yeah, this is 18 games. 28 at-bats. Two homers, seven RBIs, a walk. Uh, And then he made that tremendous, athletic, daring, 
and risk fraught, as it turned out, catch by crashing into the center field fence at PNC Park and smashing up his elbow, instantly ending his season. Alfred is a strange case because this is a player who, if you go back a couple of years ago, was a top 100 prospect, meaning in all the majors. He's still even now just 26 years old, but he had climbed all those lists and, in fact, had climbed higher in that particular year because he has this great toolkit. He's got everything that you'd want. He's an incredible athlete. And we did get to see a little bit of that on display in the two and a half weeks that he spent with the Pirates, the way he uh, ran the bases, the way he covered territory in the outfield. And, you know, again, he did have, out of 28 at-bats, two of them went over the fence, another was a triple out of the six hits that he had. Ridiculously small sample size, but I'm just sharing anyway. He's not somebody that you could put into that position with indelible ink. Not even going into a year like this where you say, hey, let's just at least see what the guy's got because if he succeeds, he's still got status where you could have multiple years of control on the guy, presumably be pretty affordable, and see what else comes along. Buy some time for the minor league system to produce some more outfielders. And Travis Swaggerty's the main prospect at that position in the minors, and you know we'll see about him. He's not close. That does That's not a knock on him. It's just that's where he is at his stage of development. Alfred is a guy that I think if you go with maybe as your default as opposed to indelible ink and say, all right, here he is. Now who wants to beat him out? And they bring in, I don't know, another veteran option. Uh, if I say Gerard Dyson, you'll be so turned off that you won't even listen to the rest of the show. But So not exactly him. Uh, but someone like that that's a one-year guy that might be a little bit older that you know can at least give you something. And, and Dyson did deliver the one thing that Ben Charrington wanted from him, and that was to play good defense. Yeah, he was terrific out there. And he played hard out there. Couldn't hit. Everybody knew he couldn't hit. Alfred has shown that he can't hit on a regular basis either. Uh, he can't reach base. And and that's a problem because it negates your other tools. Nobody cares how fast you are if you can't steal first base. He's a terrific guy. Uh, very, very popular everywhere he's been, meaning with his uh, his coaches, managers, teammates, they love him to death. And and Charrington really sang about this guy when he came, just about how much you root for him and everything. So would you take someone like that and have him be center field and lead off? Yeah, you would if it were 1976. But that's not the way the leadoff position is anymore. So I don't have an answer on leadoff. I don't think the Pirates have anybody uh, for that role, whether you go old school, new school, whatever. They just don't have anyone. But if Alfred were to focus, concentrate, 
having a, a full year and a full spring to work with Rick Eckstein, to work with the the hitting coaches, and to work with Derek Shelton, by the way, who's more hands-on than most managers with the hitters, given his own background as a hitting coach, maybe he can become a guy who at least puts the ball in play more often and uses his speed that way. And no, I'm not suggesting that he pounds it into the ground because, again, I'm not thinking that it's 1976, but put it somewhere. You know, put it somewhere. Don't strike out as often. Get it up in the air and, and, and run like crazy. He has natural pop. When he makes contact, it goes. But he doesn't make enough contact, and he hasn't been selective enough at the plate. And I'm not just talking about balls and strikes. I'm talking about being selective within your strike zone, going after pitches that you can drive. He's interesting. He's interesting. I have no reason whatsoever to think he's the answer, but he's at least interesting, and that in and of itself gives him a leg up on everybody else in this category. When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's brought to you by my man Mike over at Mike's Beer Bar and the North Shore Tavern. Sister eating establishments right next to each other on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. They are open for business, including the inside. All of the sales that you knew about from when they weren't open, at least not all the way open, still apply. Notably the one in which you buy three crawlers and get three free. This has been a big winner for Mike. I would take advantage of that because I'm not sure how long he can afford to put that one out on the table for you. Mike will also deliver. Go to mikesbeerbar.com slash beer hyphen menu or call 412-322-BEER to order and pay. Person must be 21, ID required and present to receive delivery. The delivery area is all of Allegheny County as well as the Cranberry area in Butler County. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's just one question comes from Katie, and she asks, and she she sent this on, uh, I, I have to feel like I have to preface this, she sent this on, on Twitter, so you can see an avatar there, and she's referring to a question she asked her dad, so she seems like she's a, she might be a younger uh, listener, and that's kind of cool. 
Katie says, this might not be the type of content you're looking for, but I asked my dad this question on New Year's Eve for obvious reasons. What do you think Roberto Clemente would say if he could see the legacy that he left behind? We all know his famous opportunity to make a difference quote, but what really hits me when I think of this question is this quote, I want to be a baseball player who gave all I had to give. And boy, I think he did that on and off the field. That's from Katie. I wish I had a more direct firsthand account to share with you, Katie. Uh, Roberto Clemente died when I was five years old. So everything about his life and his career was before my ability to comprehend, uh, much less appreciate what he'd meant to the Pirates, to all of baseball, to the city of Pittsburgh, and to the people of Puerto Rico. In Pittsburgh, as you go around, you can see signs, in some cases literally, of Clemente's impact here. But to me, it's always most moving when I see fans wearing the 21. And knowing that, not a lot of people know this, but that the 21 jersey for the Pirates is still their top seller. Think about that for a second. Uh, it hasn't been every single year. When the Pirates got really good a handful of years ago. Andrew McCutcheon and some of the current players were up there. But if you go back over time, over the past 20, 30 years, it's been about the Clemente jersey. It's been about 21 because people buy it all over. They don't just buy it in Pittsburgh. But when you see it around here, uh, it hits a little different, you know. I've also had a chance to spend time in Latin America and ask people in the Dominican Republic in Mexico about what they know about Clemente. Um, this isn't anything remotely close to being something that knocks his legacy in any way. It's not the same as Puerto Rico. Uh, it just isn't. Uh, that's a, a distinct place with a distinct level of, of respect and love for this man. But there's an understanding. Uh, there's an understanding of what he meant, in particular to Latino baseball players, as they'd migrate to the United States and what he meant to them as a pioneer in that regard. Uh, we all talk, and rightly so, about Jackie Robinson, but Clemente is seen in exactly the same light by the Latino community. What would Clemente think about the legacy that he left? Uh, I can tell you from having spent a fair amount of time uh, with Roberto Jr., and a little bit of time I was privileged to spend, in particular, at one All-Star game in Phoenix, with Vera, we spent the afternoon together, uh, she and I and, and Roberto Jr., uh, as part of a, a thing where they were trying to meet with Bud Seeley, the commissioner at the time, not to get distracted here. And I think more than anything, at the risk of trying something impossible here and to get into his head for you, that he'd really appreciate how his family uh, stood tall for him and continued his legacy, and how the Pirates themselves 
have always stood tall for Clemente and how they have continued his legacy. There's a lot of negative things you can say about the Pirates, but their work in the community um, is right up there with any team in professional sports, and they understand why. They understand that Major League Baseball has a Roberto Clemente Award, and they understand that every time they give that out, Clemente is wearing a Pirates hat. Uh, in every image that accompanies that. So I hope I answered this, Katie. I'm sorry if I didn't. Um, there are people who are older than me that, that have had direct experience with Roberto who might be able to do better for you. Uh, but thank you so much for sending that in. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.